Welcome to Beware of Spoilers, I am Adam. Uh, so we are now on episode 3 of The Bad Batch, uh, the newest and most different, uh, which I think might be unfair, because uh, I have not watched Resistance yet, um, but of what I have watched, The Clone Wars, and um, what's it called? and uh, Rebels, this is the most different show so far of the, uh, of these. And that could have nothing to do with the fact that it did go directly to streaming, um, and is designed to be serialized, where I talked about, uh, talked about this a little bit, um, in, uh, what's it called, in today, in yesterday's episode, where, um, I mentioned that, you know, when you're making a show for network television, such as a kid's show, a lot of times you can't really do serialized storytelling. Um, like, there, there have been some, don't get me wrong. Some shows have done something that resembles continuity, um, like uh, Avatar The Last Airbender um, was big on that. Uh, same thing with Legend of Korra. Um, to an extent, like Power Rangers, especially in you know more recent seasons, where it's like even things where it's like recurring... Um, weapons that they would get and evolve over the course of the season is a more recent thing. Um, and it's like, if you look at, like, what was the other one that I was thinking? Oh, like, Danny Phantom um, kind of had continuity a little bit, but not really. Um, but, like, for the most part, the Clone Wars TV show and, to a certain extent, Rebels were, like, the marvelous misadventures of things that take place between two established tent poles. And we know where it begins and where it ends, but within those kind of confines, you can tell whatever story you want, as long as it doesn't drastically go against whatever we already have established. So we get this kind of cool, you know, middle ground in that regard. Um, and uh, so the Bad Batch is the same thing, where it takes place between Episode Three and Rebels. But at the same time, is also telling. It, it's kind of like filling in backstory that most people don't really, you know, care about. Like if, you, like, and when I say that, I mean when people watch Star Wars and they watch like, you know, the movies, they're not like, oh, and what was the transition like going from the Republic to the Empire? Like, how did that work on a logistical level? Like, most people don't care about that. Like, how did the Empire become the Empire? And it's the kind of thing where it's like, we always focus on, you know, this is the Empire. And we are here. And this is, what the fuck is this guy doing? You ever hear that Johnny Cash song that, if you watch Stargirl, you'll know which one I'm talking about. Um, where it's, you know, it's about the guy who works the factory... And he want and he wants to get the car, but he'll never make enough money to be able to buy the car. So he starts smuggling out pieces, the car piece by piece, as he works on the assembly line. Um, and he ends up with a car that's entirely retrofitted with pieces from all different years and all different makes and models, and it doesn't quite fit together. But he kind of forces it together, and he got his own car at the end. And it's, you know, it's unique. Um, and um, I just saw a guy doing look to be the same thing, but with, like, a, na- like, it looks like a NASCAR, and it was on, a, like, a residential street, it's just bizarre, um, but anyway, back to, you know, the Bad Batch, um, I don't think that, well, I'd, like, 
the Bad Batch is really getting into these semantic questions that don't really get... Nice maneuver there, jackass. Don't really get uh, addressed um, typically in, you know, in mainstream fiction. Because these are questions that, you know, are the kind of things that you get joked about in Kevin Smith movies. They're the logistical questions behind the fantasy. Where it's like, you know... It's just, it, like, Star Wars has always been fantasy escapism. It's science fiction. But really, it's more fantasy you know, set in space, and, you know, the logistical story of what's going on, you know, and how things work don't really matter in the grand scheme of the story. Like, um, I, I, I just don't think that the, uh, um, the, the general, you know, public is really, you know, interested in that. But this show makes it interesting, and, and like, I, I'm all for it. Like, that was one of the things I really loved about Alphabet Squadron and Victory's Price and um, Shadowfall, was that it got into, like, this semantic, this look at, like, how is the New Republic functioning now as it's setting up? And it's, like, even to an extent, the Mandalorian's doing that. But, um, and that's really what we get into in this. It's the, the like, yeah, the Bad Batch and Omega... Uh, are all off on, on their own little mission, and, you know, they're crashed on a moon, and they're having their own thing, but that's kind of the B-plot of the move, of the episode. Uh, it's not, like, it almost takes a back burner to what we're here to see, which is uh, Tarkin sending off, you know, Crosshair and all of the, uh, um, the conscripted soldiers to fight and take down Saul Guerrero and his, his people. And it's like, the the point of this is that it's, it's setting up the central conflict, not just for the Bad Batch, but also for um, the uh, everyone going forward. Because the question is, um, and I think the most interesting question that we have on this show is what happens to Camino? Um, because... That's the central issue here, more so than anything else. More so than, you know, is the Empire going to go with uh, forcible conscripts or with clones? Um, You know, what's going to happen to the Bad Batch? All of these questions are kind of back burner questions that are not the key to what we're watching here. The question is, what is going to happen to... um, Camino, um, because we do not know, um, there, there's a, there's a sense of dire concern openly amongst the, the Kaminoans, um, who are, who are there, and they're talking amongst each other in the episode, and I think that's one of the most important things in this, is them saying, you know, we have to convince the Empire that clones are still viable. Because if the Empire doesn't believe that the clones are still viable, they're going to end the contract and we won't have money going in. Kamino is only used for its cloning facilities. So what ends up happening if there's no more, um, what's it called, if there's no more cloning, it's, you know, the Empire is not going to let Kamino just live. It's going to be, you know, they're going to wipe it off, off the face of the universe. And that's, you know... This is an existential struggle now for the Kaminoans, who are trying to convince, you know, convince the Empire they still have a use. Um, 
So I think that's the most interesting question that has to be addressed in this show is what happens there? What role do they take in the broader empire? And I think, and I stand by what I said yesterday after watching just the first two episodes, I think the answer is going to be clones that can have access to the Force. And that's going to be where it comes from. And I think that what's going to happen is we're going to end up with uh, Omega's going to be the first clone we see who has access to the Force. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, especially because they want, you know, we know the Emperor gets into cloning. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Um, so we'll wrap up there for today. Uh, as always, you can catch The Bad Batch on Disney+. Plus. Episodes 1, 2, and 3 are already up. Episode 4 goes up on Friday. And we have our reviews up every Saturday starting next week. So until then, have a great rest of your week. Oh, one other thing before we move on for the day. Um, on top of our regularly scheduled episode um, for, uh, what's it called? For The Bad Batch, episode 4. We'll have another episode going up this week, and that episode will not be a review. It'll just be an announcement of the reviews that we will be doing for the rest of the year now that theaters have reopened and CDC guidelines recommend that you no longer need to wear a mask indoors if you are fully vaccinated, which I am. Um, so now the guidelines have, you know, dictated safety in going to the movie theaters uh, for those who are fully vaccinated. With a, with a mask, I would assume. I haven't read the guidelines before. I was assuming to wear a mask in the theater anyway. Um, but either way, you know, now we can go back to theaters, which is going to open up options a little bit because, like, there were certain Disney movies, one specific Disney movie uh, on Premiere Access that I wasn't going to pay $30 to see. Um, but if it's included with my AMC A-list, I might see it in theaters. That might be getting a spot. But now that all the movies are going to theaters, and now that we can say fairly certain, certainly, that all these movies are going to be available in theaters um, on the dates they presently have, uh, I can say with with reasonable amount of certainty that we will be able to have a concrete schedule for what we will and won't be seeing um, in terms of reviews. Um, so... We'll be back starting next week. Uh, well, I mean, I'll probably be up, you know, tomorrow, that episode. And then we'll be back with our regularly scheduled uh, discussions of the Bad Batch as scheduled. So until then, have a great rest of your week.